Friends, today is our second week in our treasure series, and last week we talked about where our treasure is and um, whether or not our treasure is on earth and, or in heaven and where we are investing our hearts. We continue our series today with the theme, The Problem with Two Masters. We encounter Jesus preaching on the mount in Matthew 6, and this is part of an overarching lesson to us from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching crowds who some are standing on the side of the mountain, some are standing at the bottom of the mountain, spilling into the street, and you can see the Sea of Galilee from where Jesus is standing. He's teaching over and over and over again the practical application of what it means to love God and to love people. And so we listen in to Jesus who's talking not just to the crowds, but also to the disciples, those who have decided to follow Jesus. And he says in Matthew chapter 6 in the 21st, fourth verse from the Common English Bible. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is the word of God for the people of God today. Let us pray, saying, Our God, we are so grateful that you have allowed us into this, your presence, one more time. Oh God, we come distracted and with heavy hearts, some of us celebrating and relieved, oh God, and some of us weary and wondering how we're going to move forward. But God, you are the God of all people and you have a word for us today. So speak, Lord, for your servants are listening and hide this, your servant, behind that old rugged cross so that everything that is said and everything that is heard comes straight from you, O oh God. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you remember the phrase, a divided household? Or a house divided? We've heard a lot about division in the last couple of years and months and even this week. We've heard a lot about what it means to have some people on one side and another person on another side. And not only have we heard it, but we've lived it. Even in our own households, everybody doesn't agree together. And in our own communities, you can drive down the street in the community where I live and there are Biden signs on one house and, and Trump signs on another house. Wayne, there are love God, love people signs on one house and there, well, division is not of God. 
The original text that we find here in Matthew, the sixth chapter, can be translated a little differently than we've seen it today. The translation that we see in the uh, Common English Bible or in the New International Version and other Bibles are not nearly as strong as the translation was intended to be. You see, the word that we have as serve is actually translated to mean slave. And the word that we have that says master in our text, it is translated to mean absolute ownership. So we get the meaning far better if we translate it, no man can be a slave to two owners. That sounds a little different than no one can serve two masters, doesn't it? It's a little bit more at home when we say that, there, that no man or woman can be a slave to two masters. Well, Lord, well, well preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm nobody's slave. Preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a master. Preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm in charge of my life. Preacher, slavery went out in the 1800s and we've moved on from there, but have we? I have a friend who I love and adore, and we agree on almost everything except for college football. You see, she's an Ohio State fan, and I am a Michigan Wolverine. And most of the season, we can get along, we can talk to each other as the scores come up or as we watch the games, and, and we can agree that our different teams are okay. But you see, there's this one game every season when Michigan hosts Ohio State or the Buckeyes host the Wolverines. On that day, we try to remember that we love Jesus and each other. And it's harder than you could think. President Lincoln talked to us about a nation divided during slavery. He quoted... Jesus. Many of us quote Lincoln at this and we attribute the speech to Lincoln, but Lincoln was quoting Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, the third chapter, when he said, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Jesus is telling us, and what President Lincoln was trying to get across to us, is that division leads to destruction. If we have competing allegiances in our nation, in our homes, and even in our hearts, it will lead to a war 
in which either there is constant strife or sore losers. You know, <laughs> four years ago, I stood in this pulpit the Sunday after election day and I expressed the disdain that I felt in my heart for the, the outcome of the election. How could the American people and so many of God's people elect a president who is divisive and spews hatred and lies? Even my little political scientist self just could not imagine how the United States of America, the free people of America, could elect a president that, in my opinion, was so antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was strong fear and trepidation. You remember brown and black people were marching in the streets right down here at the intersection of the church and it was hard to get to church that Sunday. And others responded with disdain for their marching, that, that they were getting in their way, that they were tearing things up. Why couldn't they just stay home and get over it? And here we are. Four years later, more divided than we have been in recent history, more angry, more afraid, more relieved, more hopeful, more filled with more disdain and filled with contempt from one another, just like Jesus said. We know what the past has brought and we don't know what the future will bring. You see, this isn't about partisan politics. It actually has nothing to do whether you are blue or red or purple or whatever. But it has everything to do with who we decide to worship and what we decide to serve. Jesus is very clear in the Sermon of the Mount when he is teaching through chapter 5 and chapter 6 and chapter 7 in Matthew. He's teaching us what it means to love God and to love people. He is teaching us the everyday walking and talking and living, the living out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is teaching us the gospel made flesh. He he is teaching us that blue and red don't matter nearly as much as following God. Amen. I'm not sure where we as the people of God lost our way when everything got to be about which side of the spectrum you were on 
when Democrats and Republican labels became our identity. I'm not sure when we began to serve the almighty dollar. I'm not sure when we began to decide that people are less than or not worthy. But Jesus is saying to us, get over it. That you cannot serve two masters, or three masters, or four masters, or five masters, or six masters. You cannot worship at the altar of partisanship. You cannot worship at the altar of hatred. You cannot worship at the altar of racism. You cannot worship at the altar of economics. You cannot worship at the altar of ideology. You cannot worship at the altar of what you feel is right and what you feel is wrong you must worship God and no one else oh preacher I love God I worship God you must not be talking to me take out your bank account I know you can pull it up on your phones. Most, most of us can pull it up on our phones. See what the transactions were for. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and selfishness. You cannot serve God and injustice. You cannot serve God and instability, you cannot serve God and be a my way or the highway kind of person. You cannot serve God. And be disconnected from your neighbor because you don't have anything to agree about. We live in a house divided. We live in a nation divided. We live in a church divided. We live in divided communities where we put up barriers to keep those people out. but we must be reminded of our heart investment. That when we get clear about where we spend our time, our money, our interests, that we will see where our hearts are invested. If we look at our calendars and look at our bank accounts, we will be able to see right away if it is God that we serve or something or someone else. The pursuit of money makes us grumpy and tired. The pursuit of money takes us away from our families. The pursuit of money takes us to places that God never intended for us to be. 
The pursuit of power is the same way. You know, that way back in the Old Testament, near the end of Joshua, you know, Joshua was the man who, who was Moses' um, disciple, and he ended up being the one who took the Israelites into the promised land. Remember, Moses could not get into the promised land, that he died before the Israelites went into the promised land. And Joshua, even after all they had been through, Joshua had to say to the people, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord honestly and faithfully. Put aside all the distractions and gods of your ancestors. Choose you this day who you will serve. And then Joshua told them that as for he and his house, there would be no division there. There would be no two masters or three masters or four masters. But in the household of Joshua, they would serve the Lord. The truth of the matter is this. Jesus accosts us with the truth. He says either you will hate the one master and love the other, or, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. No man or woman can be a slave to two owners. I'm deeply aware that our congregation is divided. Sometimes that's what happens when we have the gift of diversity. Everybody has a different perspective on what is right and what is wrong, what it means to serve the Lord and what it means to have other gods. We're divided just like the nation is around whether we should be blue or red, whether we are happy or fearful whether we are relieved or holding our breath to see what destruction comes next. But what the Lord wants from us is not a focus on the human beings, not to focus on the human leadership, not to focus on whether or not we are going to come out well in this new administration. But to be reminded that our fir first and only priority is to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our strength. To love our neighbors as ourselves. For in doing so, 
We love the Lord. We love, we learn to love God. So when our hearts are hurting, when we find ourselves afraid, when we find ourselves wondering why there is so much division, when we find ourselves wondering how we will move forward and how, will, how we will make God our one and only master, we must remember what God requires of us. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. We must remember that it is God who blows the breath of life into us, that it is God who wakes us up in the morning, that every single thing we have is a gift from God, that even though you worked those overtime hours to get that extra dollar, that God is the one who provided the job in the first place. All the time, things become unintended masters in our lives. The pursuit of more, the pursuit of power, they distract us from the pursuit of God. So if we don't want a divided household, if we don't want divided hearts, if we really and truly want to serve God and only God, then Jesus has to be our Lord. Everything else has to bow down to Master Jesus, to Savior of the universe, to Lily of the Valley, bright and morning star, to the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd, the Waymaker, the Miracle Worker, the one who provides when we don't know where our next dollar or our next meal is coming from. The Jesus who loved us so much that he gave his life for us when we heed the words of Jesus that teach us how to pray that teach us the beatitudes that say blessed are those who are humble because they will inherit the earth when we remember that we are to be salt and light in this world, no matter our mood. When we remember that it is Jesus who helps us to move forward in life. When we remember that murder and adultery and lying are not what Jesus wants from us. When we remember that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth has been retired to turning the next cheek. And we when we remember that we must love those who love us and love those who we have named enemies, 
when we remember that God makes the sun rise on both the evil and the good and send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, when we remember that Jesus says we are not to worry and we are not to judge and that our every day, in and out, up and down, going and coming, is to be about seeking the face of God. Then we don't have to worry about being loyal to anything or anybody else. Because we can be sure that we are owned by God. And we serve the most high God. Lord, thank you for reminding us and pulling us into awareness that with all the things going around us that you are still God and you are God all by yourself. Thank you, oh God, that in this climate and when we don't all agree that we can agree that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Lord, when we are weary in well-doing and weary in suffering, we know that you are our balm in Gilead. Lord, when we are scared about the future, you, you remind us that you are the one who holds our future, oh God. Lord, you brought us a mighty long way and you'll continue to bring us through every situation in our lives. So Lord, help us to surrender. To surrender to you. So that where we see darkness, you will be light. And where we are terrified, you will bring peace. And where we are hopeless, oh God, you will bring hope. And where we hate, you will bring love. Lord, draw us near to you so that we won't have the problem of two masters. It is in Jesus Christ's holy name that we pray, amen.